you're listening to Pride Perspectives. On this show, we bring a rotating cast of Hofstra community members together to talk about their lived experiences. This fall, we'll be tackling a wide range of topics from the election to horror movies to Hofstra history and everything in between with the diverse perspectives that our community has to offer. My name is Max Kutch, and I'll be your host. Now let's get on to our guests. All right, so today our theme is 2020 Hindsight. For our first episode, we'll be having a conversation about navigating the year that's been with three different panelists. I'm joined today by Jillian Atkinson, the Director of Intercultural Engagement and Inclusion, Lorraine Messiah, the Assistant Director for Diversity and Inclusion Initiatives at the Center for Career Design and Development, and Tara Stark, President of the Student Government Association. Uh, before we g- begin, just introduce yourselves and describe what you do on campus and sort of how the last six months have been for you. Uh, Lorraine, why don't you start with this one? Hi guys, I am Lorraine Messiah. As Max said, I'm one of the assistant directors at the Center for Career Design, and I've been working from home since March. And what we do is meet all students for all their professional needs beyond Hofstra. That includes resume reviews, prepping for grad school and mock interviews and anything else in between that. Uh, Tara, go ahead. Hi everyone, Uh, my name is Tara Stark. I'm the president of the Student Government Association. So just like everyone else, I have been home since March when Hofstra um, went um, online and I'm continuing to do um, classes online for this fall. So I've kind of just been hanging in there just just like everyone else. Um, And I will say what SGA does, we pretty much are the voice of the student body on campus. So we try to uplift and really uh, amplify your own voices on campus. Hello, I'm Jillian Atkinson, as Max said, Director of Intercultural Engagement and Inclusion. Uh, Pronouns are she, her, and I actually prefer the people call me Jill. So... um, What do I do? I am responsible for diversity, equity, and inclusion from the student perspective at Hostra. We oversee a uh, minimum of 50 clubs um, that are identity-based, that are politically and socially active and faith-based, as well as do heritage programming throughout the year. Um, For, we're in the middle of Latinx Heritage Month and we just started LGBT uh, History Month. And next month is Indigenous Peoples, Native American, of course, Black History is in February, Women's Hair Stories in March, and Asian American Pacific Islander is in April. Had to get those plugs in. Um, And what have I been doing over the last six months? So yes, very much like Tara, I have been home um, caring for my family, but working from home virtually and uh, just doing the best we can, you know, just doing the best I can to juggle all hats at all times. And even when the, uh, I've got to wear like two or three hats at one time, you know, just making it work. Well, thank you all again for joining me for this conversation. Um, I'm going to give each of you the opportunity to have the first word at least once as we go through these different prompts. Uh, so once everyone has shared their initial answers, uh, then you can feel free to follow up or discuss something someone has said, you know, nice and natural. Uh, as much as we can under the circumstances. Just try and keep your first answers relatively brief so that we have time for a bit of a larger discussion. Um, So let's get started. Looking back, what do you think will be the most memorable moment or moments of 2020 for you? This can be a personal memory or something in the news or anything in between. Uh, And Jill, why don't you start with this one? Great, thanks, Max. Um, 2020, wow. Uh, There's been a few memorable moments, both personally and um, current events. Um, I would say current events, I think um, the murder of George Floyd 
uh, is the first one that comes to mind. Um, and if you know anything about me, you know that I do really try to be the most positive person. And I think that if I need to take anything away positive from Mr. Floyd's murder, it would be um, the fed up movement of 2020 and how people have really come together and not just black people, how people across generations, people across genders, people across races, ethnicities, faiths have really kind of all come together to stand to say black lives do matter and i'm gonna be here to ensure that this does not continue so um if nothing else that's been really a, a phenomenal moment and for me personally i would say that i have three kids one is nine uh the other one's 21 and the other one's 20 and having, they, they've always had like, you know, they love each other, but they don't really know each other. So over like the last six months that we've been in lockdown, the one true blessing is that they have all gotten to know each other. And the first two are boys and the last one's a girl. And to see them like running around in the yard and really getting to know each other has just been so much fun. So um, if I, again, if I've got to take something positive away, it's just that, you know, my, my, my children are really getting to know each other other than like this one's at college and this one's at work and this one's at school. So that's me. So I will say for me, 2020 has been, you know, we went into this year thinking it was going to be probably the most memorable year, the best year because it's 2020. Um, and I will say that it didn't disappoint with being one of the most me the most memorable years I think that has ever happened in my life um, so far, um, as much a as I would like to forget this year. Um, you know, I will say for me, what stands out the most um, right now would probably be when I was able to um, run on a ticket through for SGA um, and, you know, do the first virtual campaign um, of SGA. And, you know, at first it sounds like superficial, like, you know, SGA is just a club or whatever, but I think the whole challenge of really trying to connect with students on this virtual platform, um, while also, you know, being able to tell the student body that it's gonna be okay and that we're really here to support you. Um, and also really just challenging myself, you know, and, and telling myself that, you know, it's still worth it to run, still worth it to, you know, fight for what you wanna see at, at the school, even when we are, um, you know, still online. So I think the whole challenge of, you know, really trying to, you know, put yourself out there while being virtual with everyone, you know, being in such like panic with, with the state of the world that that's going on and, you know, trying to be such like a strong force also for the student body was um, definitely a lesson that I learned of how, you know, you really could just, you know, face um, anything as well. Um, and I also would have to agree with Jill that, you know, seeing the whole world really come together with the Black Lives Matter movement and also just with helping each other with the whole COVID um, pandemic as well has um, been really beautiful to see. Um, and it really just shows, I think to me, just showed like the power of human connection and how much, you know, we all really thrive off that. So I think being able to witness that and, you know, finding my own voice in this whole, you know, climate that we're in um, has really been quite the experience that I also will never forget. Hi, so for me, of course, the pandemic of 2020 is memorable. And of course, the murder of George Floyd. But to even make it more granular was 
me watching the news and watching the newscasters, black men who were crying on air while they were discussing what had happened to George Floyd, to me, that memory is like seared in my brain. And even as I think about it now, it tears me up because the news is supposed to be objective and you know, the newscasters are usually stoic because they're delivering the news to us. But to hear these men describe how hurt they were, not only seeing the murder of George Floyd, but all the other murders that had come before and that this was the precipice for them that they felt that they could have shared on television their whole self in that way to me was just uh, it was just just moving moving you know and i would change the channel and it would be on all stations you know somebody some man was brought to tears and that to me speaks volumes to our society how that men felt comfortable enough in front of a camera to, to shed that level of emotion instead of trying to hold it in. And personally being on lockdown, the good thing that came out of that is my daughter and I, we cooked a lot of different types of food because the supermarket, you could only get what was available in the beginning. So it was like, all right, this is what they have and we gotta make do and thank goodness for the internet and you know, what can you make with this? And you don't have what you need, but how are you gonna supplement this? And I remember saying to her, we wanted to make some, um, some like some, some rice that required tomato sauce. And I was like, there's no sauce in the supermarket. Let's put salsa in it. And she's like, no, I'm like, well, salsa is made with tomatoes. How bad could it be? And the rice ended up being like absolutely delicious. So the, those are the two memories that I would say out of 2020, when I look back on it, like, oh, remember 2020, how it was. Those are the two things that are gonna be standing out in my mind. So to change tack a little bit, um... Who or what has inspired you the most this year? Uh, and let's start with Tara first on this one. Yeah, I feel like, you know, so much I has inspired me, you know, by seeing so many, you know, amazing acts of like kindness and just in like the like service that people have, you know, dedicated their lives to. But what first jumps out to me, um, what, so what, would probably be, um, so my mom, she, um, she works at a community center. She works at the Central Queens Y. Um, and, um, she's one of the directors there and, you know, her Y was closed down, um, pretty early and I, you know, her Y took like a pretty big hit and, um, she had to go, um, deliver food to, um, people in need just around the, uh, around the neighborhood, as well as, um, senior citizens who couldn't initially, um, leave, leave their home. And, you know, she would go like early in the morning, um, every single day for about like four months and go deliver the food to these people. Um, and, you know, she would go when it was raining when it was windy, when it was snowing and she would go and show up every single day. And, you know, to me to see that, you know, just like 
as much as, you know, I'm sure she sometimes just want to stay in bed and like not go or she had other work to do at home. Um, you know, to see her go and like really help these people. Um, I think what as, as like a daughter was really, really beautiful to see and like definitely inspired me, you know, to keep going and whatever, you know, work that I had to do. And, you know, she would come home and talk about, um, this one um, older woman who she would talk to, who'd be like, thank you so much for bringing this, this to me. And they were just so, um, um, you know, thankful um, for her, you know, uh, delivering this food. So I think definitely seeing that um, was just so nice. I think also just a breath of fresh air, just to see this kindness um, in the world that, you know, that I think, you know, we all need um, more of as well. So that was definitely super inspiring to me. Um, I'm also a really big um, Glennon Doyle fan. Um, and she is a, a writer and every single day on Instagram, she would post these, these videos um, about, you know, just saying like to keep going and every single morning I would watch them and they were definitely something that kept me going and she would just share these like positive like messages and just kind of meeting people where they are. And that's something to me that also I would look forward to watching and it kind of was that nice like push in the, medium, in the beginning of the morning when the world just felt so heavy. Um, so those two definitely stand out to me as would be the most inspiring. So I think the, I, I couldn't pick which was more inspiring. Was it the, the people who got out and protested what was going on and that it was global, you know, that to me, like I was inspired by them not to go out and protest because that's not my thing, but to protest in my own way, to be in my own talking to other people about racism and my experiences with racism, personally viewing it and things like that. So my, the three things that the three people, the three types of people that inspired me were the protesters for sure, because they got out there and did that. The medical staff who had to work without PPE and just seeing them and hearing friends of mine and, you know, talk about their experiences working in the hospital and teachers that I can't even imagine having to teach a class on a Zoom call. You know, so those are the three groups of people that really inspired me. Like, you know, when I'm having a bad day, like, all right, I'm not a first responder. I am not a teacher, you know, and the, those protesters are out there on the ground every single day. So for me, those are the three groups of people. So it wasn't one person. It was more like groups of, I was in awe of them whenever I, I, I noticed. I would say for myself, it's a combination. Um, one person in particular that truly has inspired me um, would be our Dean of Students, Gabrielle St. Leger. Um, considering she has, when COVID hit, she was barely at the institution for a year. And the way that the hits just kept coming, whether it was residence life and trying to figure out how to safely move students out, or whether it was um, what happened with George Floyd and then mobilizing to have some kind of a program happen, or, you know, our vice president, you know, having to go out on disability due to his illness, and then her and Jean, Pete, and Krista Dulo, like, taking the reins, like, it has just been 
uh, like just uh, uh, just hit after hit after hit coming, and and Dean Gabby just never stopped. She just kept going with the flow and smiling through it, and then turning around and thanking her staff, right? Like genuinely thanking us for having her back and doing everything that we did. And we're like, what did we do other than just follow the lead that you gave us? So definitely I would say our Dean of Students, uh, Dean Gabrielle St. Leger inspires and continues to inspire me. Um, and I would also say our Hofstra community. Um, right after the death of George Floyd, we put together two programs. One was Black Hofstra Matters, and the other one was Allyship 101 for um, non-Black allies. And we had over 400 people come to the Allyship event between faculty, staff, administrators in the first one, and then students in the second one just looking and seeking and, and, and longing to know how to help their black colleagues, friends, family members, what could they do? So that was really, again, inspirational to see that people really care, you know, people really care. And just that act of kindness of taking 90 minutes out of their day to try to figure out how best to help us heal um, was something that I found truly inspirational in 2020. Yeah, just to add to that as well, um, Jill, you actually reminded me, I think also, you know, in the summer and also, you know, in the beginning of the school year, I think the way I've personally seen SGA um, come out as well and like really care about their peers so deeply and really care about the institution that we attend so deeply has really blown me away. And to see even, I think, you know, being um, a university administrator, sometimes also a thankless job. So I think to see, you know, everyone really come together um, and really care about, you know, the university that we attend and really wanting to make student life so meaningful um, to everyone who goes here has definitely been a really um, impactful experience. And just to see, you know, the value of hard work within students, staff, um, everyone just in, in between has definitely been something that has inspired me to keep going when the tough days in SGA, when you feel like you get slapped in the face so many times, has definitely kept me going that, you know, I'm in this for them and I'm in this for all the people who helped me get to where I am, um, you know, to keep going um, and just to, you know, push through um, as much as we can as well. Not to step out of my moderator role here for just a second, but I, I actually attended the the first the allyship uh, program, Jill, that you mentioned a few minutes ago. I was you know I was there the the ninety minute program, and um, you know speaking as as someone who's been a member of the Hoster community for a few years now as an undergrad and then you know as a grad student and uh, you know as a professional, it's it is really really incredible to see those those sort of flashpoint moments right where the Hofstra community really is together as one community, really, really is sort of action oriented. You know, uh, there's so, there's so few moments uh, in, you know, my, my career has been pretty short, but you know, there's so few moments in like a life or career where you really feel like people are united with common purpose. And I think that that, that was a really incredible experience uh, to see people, you know, solutions oriented, uh, education oriented. Um, and it's one of those moments where you see sort of the benefit of, uh, a higher education setting. So that was that was really fantastic. I just wanted to uh, comment on that as well. Uh, but moving on, 
Uh, what is one piece of practical advice this year has taught you that you'd give uh, your peer group, whatever that is? Uh, Lorraine, let's start with you for this one. Practical advice. Oh man, that's a hard one because advice is usually given when you have experience, but nobody has any experience of 2020. <laughs> You know, so it's hard to, but if I had to give any advice, just sometimes you have to roll with the punches. It's not, it's not always pretty, you know, and that is to me, you know, I love a good plan. Like I love a plan. I make lists. I like things to go the way. And what 2020 has re-shown me is that, you know, make a plan, make God laugh kind of thing. You know, when I was talking to a friend, we would do these um, social distance lunch, like when campus was completely shut down and it's the weather started to get warmer in March, we would do these social distance lunches every Tuesday. And her sister-in-law would always got this piece of advice from her mother. And it was, when you make a plan and it doesn't work out, she goes, Jesus got you. You know, it's to keep you on your toes that you can make a plan and everything could be falling around you and you have to roll with it and you have to rise to the occasion and get back up again. You know, so that would be my, my piece of advice. You gotta roll with the punches and it's not always pretty. So for me, it would be somewhat similar to um, what Lorraine said. And I guess my peer group would probably be parents and Gen Xers. Um, be flexible, right? Like be as flexible as you can. Nobody, and I don't care who you are, nobody has a grasp on how to do this best. And I mean, I know that we are all trying to have this thing right now, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, where we're trying to make it appear that we've all got it together. Nobody has it together. Um, and be okay with saying that you don't have it together, right? Like it's okay to say you don't have it all. Um, nobody has it all. Nobody has this figured out. And also grace, like, grace to other people, grace to yourself, just give yourself grace and give other people grace. Like I get it. Like we're used to this immediate um, satisfaction, immediate on demand world that we've gotten used to, but that's not where we are anymore. And we have to be able to be a little bit flexible to give others grace to say, okay, you know what? You can't do that right now. Let's work around that. When can you do that? Just being able to give grace and also give grace to yourself. You know, I know it's not easy. I mean, I have a, uh, a student who's studying from home. I'm working from home. Everybody is kind of, but just do the best we can with who, what we can and then keep your circle tight, right? So if you have friends, you have people that you depend upon, um, lean on them. Lean hard if you have to, but let them know, like, I'm struggling. I need to talk this out. Can I depend upon you to just listen? I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen. Yeah, and I'll say for me, um, what comes to mind too, I know I mentioned Glennon Doyle before, but I'm going to bring her up again. Um, so something that she always said that I think has been really helpful for me as well um, was just do the next right thing. And that has been, 
you know, super helpful. I mean, I'm one to admit it. I have been like very like anxious with everything going on, going on. I have been paranoid. And I feel like, you know, people who won't, won't admit that I think they're liars. Cause I mean, come on, who hasn't? Um, so I think Jill really hit the nail on the head with that. So for me, it definitely has just been taking things one step at a time, you know, it, even if it's just like, okay, I'm going to go work on this piece of homework right now because that's the next right thing for me to, uh, to do. Or I'm gonna go take a shower right now because that's like the next best thing for me to do. So I think really just, you know, not trying to get so overwhelmed and think about, oh my God, what's it gonna be like in five months, even two weeks, what's life gonna be like? I think just really just, you know, really just taking things very easy and slow just definitely has been a way to calm down my own nerves. And also really just living by the motto of like, I know it sounds simple, but like we really could just do hard things. Um, you know, I think we've all have been through so much in the past 10 months of 2020. So, you know, just this whole experience of like where, where we were and who we are now. I mean, I think a lot of us feel like changed people. I know I feel like a changed person from when, you know, 2020 first started in January to now. Um, and just, I think, I, and I also, you know, finding the positive, I think I am a better person um, from 2020. So, you know, there's a positive light in that too. So knowing that we can do hard things and we can get through it is something that I try to, you know, tell to all my friends. I try to tell, you know, to the SGA senators as well, when the opportunity arises, just, you know, we can get, get through it. We, we, we can do this. We've gone through so much already. We just got to keep going. So we've talked about a lot of different topics so far today. We've talked about activism. We've talked about cooking, talked about community service. Um, so what is one good resource for people who want to dive deeper or learn more about something that you've mentioned here today? Um, I believe Jill, this is your turn to go first. Great. Um, so one resource, so I did mention a lot of things around um, diversity, equity, inclusion. I would say a really great resource to start with if you're kind of unsure what to make of this whole thing with Black Lives Matter or white privilege and all these different term microaggressions, all these different terms that you're hearing coming at you would be one, you can contact my office, Intercultural Engagement and Inclusion, um, iei at hostra.edu. Um, and ask your question, we'll answer it. The other thing that you can do too is maybe pick up a book um, or a few books. Um, one book that I would recommend that, you, that people start with would be White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. Um, I think she's got a real great amount of pointers in there to kind of give a better understanding of both the white and the black perspective when it comes to um, racism and um, white supremacy in America. And I would also say um, How to Be an Anti-Racist by uh, Dr. Ibrahim Kendi, another phenomenal book to kind of, again, help to give some foresight and a little bit of perspective as far as, you know, how racism or race even became a thing in this country outside of just slavery. So those are two, two resources or three resources that I would, I would encourage people to kind of dive into. So for me, as for the Hofstra community, for sure, I know if not all the students, but mostly the seniors are in panic. What kind of jobs are there going to be out there? And, you know, are there going to be jobs out there? So yes, there are jobs out there. 
and that you should definitely come in, well, virtually come into our office or email us at careerdesign at hofstra.edu to have a conversation with one of the career advisors or counselors. So even if you don't know what you're gonna do, even if you don't have a resume, just opening up the conversation is a first step into planning your future beyond Hofstra, whether it be an on-campus job, an off-campus job, or a first job out of college. It does not have to be, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life, but what am I gonna do to support myself and earn money once I leave the institution. So that's a resource. Of course, I'm going to plug the Center for Career Design and Development because that's my area at Hofstra. But more for me personally, the resource that I am going to plug because this organization I have gotten more involved with since you know the pandemic happened, since the lockdown, is an organization called Sidewalk Talk. And it was started by a woman called Tracy Rubel. And I've actually had the opportunity and to meet her and do some stuff with her. And the reason why she, she was, she's a therapist in California. And the reason why she started Sidewalk Talk was because of the uptick in gun violence. And she wanted to show her presence. So she took a chair from her therapy office, not literally, but metaphorically, and put it on the sidewalk and just ask people if they wanted to talk. Not coming from a place as a therapist, but coming from a place, I just wanna hear what you have to say. And she said, just that act alone helped her practice and people were heard. And now she's up to 1400 volunteers all over in several different countries. She started a chapter. And to me, I like that to me, that was my form of protest, like listening to what people have to say, not to change their mind, but to, in, to give them more information so they can make different decisions. So, so those are the two resources, coming in or virtually or in person to the Center for Career Design and Development and visiting the sidewalktalk.org organization if you wanna become a listener because they're still having listening circles virtually or to make a donation to the organization. So I'll say for me, I think um, a lot of students now, including myself, were kind of in this moment where, you know, they were like, what am I going to do with my life? Or just who am I? And what am I doing? So that is something that has been on my mind a lot since I've been given, granted so much time from 2020 to really start to think. Um, so I would definitely plug um, to read um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Obviously, she's my girl. I brought her up so many times today, but um, her book um, really just brings up so many like different topics about like self-discovery, about um, gender um, constructs in, in, in uh, society as well, and just really like untaming yourself from like these like bounds that both men and women face in, in society. So that book was definitely something that I like loved reading, and I'm not a huge reader, but I definitely loved to read that book. Um, and also I, of course, will um, obviously plug to reach out to SGA as well. Um, we are students, we are an, an organization made up of students. So we're here to support students. That is who we were um, elected by. That's who we are mainly here for. So always reach out to SGA. Um, our Senate meetings, they're always open for students to come to. Our emails, um, 
they're always an open door policy to come and, and to shoot us an email, to come and set up a meeting with us. Um, I know I speak for myself and for Alexa Osner, who is the vice president, we are more than willing to meet with any student. We love to meet students. We love to talk to people and we really love to hear student um, student concerns because that's what, that's what we love to do. We love to help people. And we really just like love, love to serve and really believe in the value of a public service as well. So please, please um, reach out to us with any concern that you ever have. We are here for you. Um, and really, we really just wanna make um, your experience at Hofstra um, the most um, meaningful it, it could be in your four years, three years, how, how many years you have at Hofstra. Can I just add on to that? Um piggybacking off of what Jill and Tara said, please use us as resources. We are here at the Hofstra community for the students and for each other. And when people say like Hofstra is like a family, it is. Like, I feel I've gotten to know students so much better coming to them from my house and being in their bedrooms on a different level that it has opened me up to other things. Like I remember I had a conversation with a girl, she had a picture on her wall and the whole conversation literally was about that. And then by the way, we happened to do the resume and it was just like a little matter of fact kind of thing. And us students are like craving that connection and they need it because we are still an institution, we are still a community. So reach out to us in any way, shape, form or fashion you see fit. I know for our office, we do make in-person appointments. So you can do that. I know IEI, you guys, um, students can email you. So whatever you feel most comfortable with, the university has gone above and beyond to put those things in place, whether you feel more comfortable via Zoom or you feel more comfortable in person. So please utilize the community as much as possible. So we're gonna move on to our final closing questions here. Uh, a lot of things have changed for colleges and students this year. Uh, while COVID, for example, has caused immense hardship, a lot of great innovation has also occurred. Uh, what changes made this year, if any, would you like to see made permanent at colleges in general post 2020? And uh, Tara, we can start with you. Yeah, so, you know, at first my initial reaction is I don't want to see anything the same because I like to be in person and I love, you know, to be on campus. Um, so I think for two things that I think stand out to me the most is one kind of more, I guess, metaphorical, but that would be, I think, you know, what, what 2020 and experience of being online is just seeing um, students really like come together and like the value of like student connection in this time I think we shouldn't lose that and I think you know Hofstra students really learn to like love their university that they go to you know as much um, as like you know we miss you know being there and whatnot I think you know they learned that you know there there was so much offered when when we when we were there and West Campus was like really flowing and up and coming so we, we I think a lot of students got to understand you know how special that that experience was so I think I hope everyone holds on to that and really really um, cherishes that moving forward um, and I also think that you know students should really um, use their voices um, at their university I think their voice is one of the most important voices here and I think if anything the experiences um, 
of the Black Lives um, Matter movement, um, as well as the uh, COVID pandemic has really elevated student voices. And I think they should continue to advocate for their peers in all those branches. So, and I think, you know, being able to, you know, say like, hey, I think we should work on this or, hey, I think, you know, Hofstra could do better in this. I think that's a really meaningful experience to have. And I don't think students should lose that in, you know, learning to amplify their own voices. So I think more than anything, I think, you know, finding, you know, the niche that students really love and are, and are passionate about and like really capitalizing on that um, is something that I think all universities should really, you know, cherish and learn to, you know, really uh, amplify that student need and that student concern and the, the student voice. Um, for me, I would say one thing that I have really loved um, seeing on our campus is actually seeing students outside. Like, I think that they have been so overwhelmed with technology for the probably the first time in their lives that they're like, yeah, I'm kind of over sitting at this screen and just being able to go outside. And it's so good to see students outside, like sitting on the grass or having picnics or in their little pods. Um, I have loved every aspect of like when I drive up to campus and I just see them hanging out outside, like getting fresh air. Um, like I said, I'm a Gen Xer. So my parents would be like, okay, that's enough TV, go outside and play. Um, but these days, you know, you get so used to your different screens that you kind of forget that we live in a beautiful world. So taking an, a, uh, some time outside to hang out with your friends and to be around the trees and just to connect with nature, I think has been something that I really, really love. And I hope students continue to do that. Um, and, and hang out and kind of they're they going to the movies, like the big screen movies that we have all over the campus and just hanging out together, sitting outside underneath the tents. Um, and I love seeing that. I really do. More than seeing students like just inside and huddled and doing everything that they used to do, seeing them outside and just engaging with nature. It's been a beautiful thing for me. So my answer is going to sound like the complete opposite of what Jill said. For the Career Center, we started to do something called Network with Pride, where we would bring employers in via Zoom and students would be able to connect with employers. And I would like to see that program still thrive in the same way, because I feel like students were pulled in so many different directions when it came to Common Hour that to give 35, 40 minutes to a quick Zoom call wherever they were to touch base with employers has been really successful for us. So while I am in agreement with Jill, like loving to see the students outside and interacting face-to-face, I love the fact that we had a program that got students in front of employers and it was so successful because we always struggled with having attendance and you know they were going to this meeting and that meeting, but via Zoom, you could attend three different meetings in that 45 minutes because it's like you're not missing that time and walking to one place to another. So I feel like the Network with Pride right now is our signature program because the students have really gotten a lot out just from talking to employers. It's not even about getting jobs. It's really about just for sure networking and hearing what employers have to say and, you know, being put in the employer pipeline for when they do hire. So that to me is like the signature program that I would like to see survive past this. All right. 
Well, our closing question today is simple. How do you think you'll use your experiences that you've had in 2020 to grow, however that means to you? And actually, Lorraine, we're going to go right back to you. How will I use the experience of 2020 to grow? For me, stepping outside of my comfort zone, big time. This has stretched me in ways that I didn't think I could stretch. And it hasn't been bad. Like I said before, I love a plan and I like things to go according to plan. But look, nothing went according to plan in 2020 and I'm fine. And that's what 2020 has shown me that it's okay, like Jill said, be flexible and being able to step out of my comfort zone and, you know, meeting the woman who started this organization that I had liked from afar. I had been following them on Instagram for at least three years and then being able to, to watch her work and admire her as a therapist and listen to her podcast and then get to meet her and just be like, chill and cool with her that you know she's she texts me and be like hey what's your opinion on this it's like that would have never happened had it not been for covid you know so being able to be open to new experiences and stepping outside of my comfort zone for sure so for me i would say um something similar whereas i think covid has given people a little more than a minute to sit down and really ponder upon their life choices up until this point, if they're truly happy with what they're doing, um, if they what they wanted to do in high school or college is what they're doing now, especially for my Gen Xers out there. Um, and really kind of just reevaluate if this is where you want to be and if not then how best to get to where you want to be um i think that's definitely something that i've seen that i've appreciated about 2020 is that like sometimes we get so caught up with rushing and and doing and always being 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 and going 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 that we kind of lose sight of who we are and why we keep doing going doing this stuff so i think if nothing else 2020 has given us a chance to kind of slow down that the chances that we maybe the opportunities that we're always seeking like yeah when life slows down a little bit i'll do this when life slows down a little bit i'll clean that when life slows down a little bit uh yeah no life slowed down and and you know you had a chance to read those books and you had a chance to go online and and look and see if you want to go back to school or if what you're doing is what you want to continue to do so i i really appreciate that aspect of um personal reflection um, from 2020. And I've definitely utilized it for my own personal growth and development. Yeah, I'll say for me, it definitely has been really similar to Jill where, you know, you can't wait either for things, you know, if you want something, go after it. You know, it, I think 2020 has showed that life is so unpredictable in so many ways. And you really think you have control about everything and you don't, you only have control over yourself. And as much as I would love to control everything, I learned that I don't, I only control my own mindset um, and how I react to things. So I hundred percent will say, you know, another, like one of my own models has been like, if the time is not now, then when, um, because it's never going to be the perfect time to do something. So really just going after what you want and kind of just facing fear right in the face and going after it, even as much as it terrifies you, because I mean, if you told me like, I don't know, even like 
last year that here would we be and I would have like gotten through to this point I would have been like are you kidding me like I think I would have been anxious mess mess and like collapsed and like never have like left my like bedroom ever again but we're here and like we made it and we're okay so definitely like looking fear in the face and you know going after what what you want not waiting that has definitely helped me grow in so many ways. Um, so there's another positive, you know, silver lining into all this as well. So, you know, I think all that culmination together has really just, you know, helped me personally. And I think around my peers as well, I've seen them all grow into like better people as well. So has really just helped our, you know, own professional and personal growth in just so many ways and branches in our own life. It's been uh, an incredible pleasure to have all of you here today. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your experiences. Um, and, you know, this is what this is. This whole project is all about is our community, all of our different things that we have here at Hofstra. So thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time. If you'd like to suggest topics or guests for future episodes, feel free to email studentaffairs at hofstra.edu with the subject line Pride Perspectives. Again, that's studentaffairs at hofstra.edu. Speaking of future episodes, we'll have new ones up every other Wednesday on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever else you get podcasts, so make sure you subscribe. We'll also be promoting the show through This Week at Hofstra emails and the various DSA social media accounts. Your perspective is important, and we're always looking to highlight student voices. If you have feedback or questions on today's episode, write in, and we may respond on the next edition. Looking ahead to the next episode, we'll be talking about what's on everyone's mind, the presidential election. I'll be joined by some Hofstra experts as we look behind at Hofstra's own presidential history and look ahead to talk about all the factors that make this year's contest so historic. Once again, I'm Max Kutch, and this has been Pride Perspectives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.